Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net. In this episode, we're joined by co-host Rick Bulo and our very special guest, Robert Marzullo. If you're listening right now, you're likely already subscribed to Rob's massive YouTube channel, which is packed to the brim with tutorial after tutorial showing you everything you could ever want to know about drawing comics. With 10 courses and counting, a multitude of Skillshare classes, and a published book to boot, Rob's harnessed his art and teaching abilities to give his students the need-to-know tactics when it comes to creating a comic. Best of all, Rob practices what he preaches, setting his best example with his very own Blackstone comic book series. Rob, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here on the show and an honor to finally chat with you. And Rick, as always, it's great to have you here too. How are you guys doing? Great, Clayton. Pleasure to be here, man. Awesome, man. And Rick? I am, how you I feeling? am a, I'm super hyped for this one. As I mentioned quickly before, it all started... You guys were my first. What were the first two people that I started following when I delved into this whole digital thing? <laughs> so this is like mind-blowing dream come true, like for me. So I'll just so, be sitting here giggling in silence. So did so we brought you to the dark side? I mean, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I should thank you or shake my fists at you, but <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So you're like hanging out with your uh, with your celebrities right now, Rick. That like all in one room. Yeah. Okay. If you want that pat on your back, please. Look, I, I don't know. Go. I mean, <laughs> celebrity is a strong word. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep out of that one. Oh, that that is one thing about you, Rob. Though you're, you're a very humble guy about your artwork, about the teaching side of things. You know, you give the pearls of wisdom that you have to offer in such a way where it doesn't look like you're bragging or, or shoving your own ideals or thoughts down your students' throats. You're just there giving what what you can and hopefully what, what you can do to help other people. And I think that's an awesome thing. And, and one of the things that I admire about you and, and what I kind of look up to and try and do is... The fact that you're not just out there creating a comic book for yourself, but at the same time, you're trying to help other people to do it as well. So, you know, what inspired you to do that? And and what came first? Was it the you kind of harnessed your abilities first, uh, like in a similar way to me, and then started teaching people? Or you decided to go out there, create the comic book, and that was your original attention, but then realized that you could also help other people with that skill set that you developed. Yeah, so so basically the thing that kind of led to that was you know, I've always tried to help people, you know, get better at something. I, I had a business where I would train employees to to do graphics on cars. So I got used to teaching people. I used to do trade shows where I would show people how to wrap vehicles with vinyl and stuff like that. But all the while I was holding back this this art that I was using for graphic design, but I wanted to just draw comics. And I was a little bit scared and apprehensive about the comic book market, so I, 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 I took the, the easy way out or whatever. I kind of uh, circumvented it, and I went into graphic design and sign making because it seemed like a local business thing was easier to like pinpoint and, and say, okay, I can make a living doing that. And I feel bad looking back in retrospect. I shouldn't have did that, but whatever. We all make decisions. But that's kind of where I got some of that teaching at any, at any rate because I had to train people to do what I did there. Um, but then when I finally decided to go for it, I said, you know, I'm just going to be a comic artist and maybe I struggle or maybe I don't, I don't know, but I'm just going to go for it. And I shut down a business of 15 years and I started pursuing comics. Well, when I started wow. doing the YouTube channel, I, I noticed that people kept asking questions. At first I was just sharing my work and I'm like, this is so cool. I can make a video and it's, it's halfway around the globe. As soon as I hit publish, I just thought that was so neat, you know, and so powerful. And then uh, people started asking more and more questions and saying, how do you do this? How are you drawing that? What are you doing here? And I just started firing back with the answers. And then I started getting comments saying, man, I can't believe you answered me. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? You know, it just <laughs> seems strange to me that that was, that people just weren't answering you back. And you know, if I got some spare time, what's, what's the problem? Because I know how much it would have meant to me when I was like, you know, emulating the work of the great Todd McFarlane or Jim Lee or whoever. If I could have just reached out and asked somebody, not to their level, because I know they're just busy and wildly crazy successful, but 
even somebody that was just a little bit closer than I was or halfway there, you know what I'm saying? Just somewhere a little, a few steps closer. If they would answer me back, it would have meant the world, you know? So yeah. I, I try to think about that and, you know, I now I get so busy, I can't answer everybody back, but I try, you know? Yeah, totally, man. That's so awesome to hear. And, and I felt very much the same way as you did as, back when I was getting into comics. Like I really loved comics and I really wanted to create them, but the industry was a little bit disheartening. It just felt right. like there was no real future and it wasn't a realistic career to actually pursue. But you know what it's like, man, when you get the comic book bug, there's there's no getting out of it. You, you end up pursuing yeah, yeah. it regardless of everything else. And Right. And... I, I know. It's such a weird thing because, yeah, you, you're right. You can't even walk away from it. So you're really like in this state of denial, like, you know, I got to go get a real job. And then it's like, but you know in your heart, you're like, I'm going to be doing it, you know. Even if it's late at night, burning the midnight oil, it's I'm going to be drawn, you know, just the way it is. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And that and that was a big topic that I wanted to talk to you about, Rob, because you have worked in multiple industries. You know, you, you owned your own business, you did the sign writing thing, and then you did storyboards as well on top of that. So it was yeah. almost like this skill set of drawing comic books, and I know that I've found this in my experience as well, is so flexible in the multitude of other career paths that y you can use it in down the line. Um, right. For example, uh, you know, I was in games for a little while doing concept art there, but even when it came to 3D modeling, it's like all the things I learned from, you know, David Finch and all the other people that I'd harnessed my skill set from and right. who had given me this advice, it was like the the knowledge like in the anatomy and the proportions also helped me there as well in right. 3D modeling something that you'd never think comic book abilities could could give you so yeah i yeah i agree i agree but well, yeah it's it's multifaceted for sure and it, it one thing lends to the other you know such as life you know yeah rick did you want to that was what I, that was what i was about to say that for me, at least, it it isn't that weird that you can take anatomy from drawing comics or learning drawing comics and put them in 3D modeling, because in my view, they're somewhat similar, at least, because many times when you do, do 3D modeling, many people start with doing ordinary drawings for it first, like yeah. the concept of them, before they make them. So exactly. the, the anatomy is converged perfectly in in almost the same aspect. Of course, there has to be changes to regulate it that it's now three-dimensional instead of just fake, quote-unquote, fake three-dimensional you know, as as comics is. Comic-like comic art should be. Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a sight of hand. I mean, in a sense, a sight of hand and eye. You know, like you're, you're trying to make something look three-dimensional on a 2D surface, so, you know, it's our first attempt at saying, you know, how do I make something look like it's coming off the page? And so you start to draw, try to draw more dynamically. Um, and I did 3D animation for, for television skits, for commercials, and, uh, you know, I designed logos flying out the screen. And I was cool. I, I designed a few characters, but I wanted to design, you know, like superheroes and characters flying off the screen. But I ended up getting, like, those jobs where, like, make our logo fly in circles. I'm like, whoop de do, you know, but whatever. It's pays the bills so I did that for a while but it's like but but the neat thing about it was is it it trained my mind to see things more dimensionally so then I'd go back to my drawings and I'm like well wait a second they look kind of flat how do I make these things really come off the page and so it all does feed the brain and it's all about I always I always tell people I think it's like we have these road barriers these mental roadblocks and and each time, you know, I always hear you say, Clayton, like, level up your skills, level up, level up. And I, I like that term because, you know, even though it reminds me of just playing some video games, but <laughs> it's like, you know, everybody can relate to that. But it's like uh, it, we le we level up in our process, in our mind. Like, it's almost really evident, too. Like, you know, you'll, you'll be drawn, all of a sudden something will click, and then it's like your drawings get better. Mm -hmm. And that's that leveling up or that removal of that mental barrier. And I, that's why I think I always tell people play around with 3d study 3d it's it's all food for thought and uh you know they got those free apps like sculptress i remember i found that one and i'm like i'm like sculpting a face i'm like oh my god i can't believe this is free <laughs> and it's like you know so they could sell you zbrush later basically but still it's it's all great stuff and it all 
you know, makes you a better artist. You want to take all that stuff in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it speaks so much to the elasticity of that skill set of being able to draw comics. It's almost like once you learn how to do that, you can draw anything. And as far right. as 3D goes, you can pretty much create anything as well. And yeah. I love what you said about the leveling up because it's so true. And sometimes you don't realize you leveled up and it's just like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, wait a second. The thing that was my obstacle yesterday isn't my obstacle today. And, right, exactly. and all of a sudden you've worked past that and you're on to, you know, a new, a new bucket of challenges, so to speak. Oh, yeah. 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 So I actually, be I actually believe Robert ha ha talked about that exact uh that exact topic on one of your first uh, painting videos on YouTube okay. where you where, where you where you hadn't really done painting before correct me if I'm wrong and you were surprised that that the basic understandings were as much the same as ordinary comic as they actually as they ended up being for you right so it wasn't that hard going taking the step to trying something new as you first thought i think i'm paraphrasing of course because it's right. been a while since i've seen the, seen the video but I, that that was what i got out of it that you had a better a better attempt at it than you first imagined you would have right yeah and i and i think comics helped me do that with so many things like you know that's the thing that i first fell in love with i was like 15 i wanted to start drawing comics i picked up Spider-Man number one by McFarlane. I was a new kid to a state of Michigan that I moved to. I didn't know anybody. I was reading comics, and I saw that art, and I'm like, wow. You know, I'd always drawn, but I'm like, I want to draw like this dude. You know, maybe not that good, but, you know, whatever. We got a dream. So, I, like, I started drawing away like crazy, trying to copy his work and stuff like that. And then, uh, But then as the years passed, and I started to do my own stuff, I got published at, I think I was 18. I got a pub, uh, and my first independent book was published. And then a few years later, or a year later, got picked up by Diamond Distribution and went a little bit further. I never made much off it, but it got uh, distributed anyways. Oh, wow. And from that point, all the other things that I kind of fell into, I was always able to show my comic work and my sketches and say, here, this is what I can do. And with no formal education, you know, I'm a, not trying to brag, but I dropped out of school. <laughs> and got my GED and stuff, but I just, you know, I wanted to hurry up and get into the workforce. That was the type of person I was, mm. but I would always show my sketches and they'd be like, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll give you a job. And I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, I had to fight a little harder than that on a few occasions, but it was always my artwork that got me in the door and my, my stunning good looks, but you know, but it, <laughs> we're, we're on radio, we're, we're on radio. I could say that, but like uh, our podcast, you know, but like I, you know, so I did that and it kept getting me by uh, and I kept honing my craft and getting better art and each new experience just add added to that. Um, so, I mean, I guess I was fortunate that I was able to get in some different, you know, I did 3d, I did storyboards, but like you guys are saying, it, it all stemmed from the comic art which is great. You know, that was my, that was my college education or that was my uh, degree basically. Yeah. I love the parallels that you can always draw between us, Rob. Like the fact that Todd McFarlane was one of your first inspirations, same deal with me, man. And right, right. It, <laughs> it was about 15, 16 when I first saw that documentary they made about him, the, the devil, you know, Todd McFarlane. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, that was uh, good. Oh, man. Yeah. Like my digital art teacher actually gave it to me to borrow and I took it home and I watched it and I was just totally inspired. And every time right. I watch it till this day, I'm still inspired, and, yep. you know, just hearing his story. And it makes you really feel as though and I know it's not the same as it was back then. You know, the industry was in a little bit of a different place, but it still nonetheless makes you feel like that if you if you pursue this, you really could make your dreams come true if, if drawing comics is, is what you want to do. And Definitely. In some ways, yes, the industry was in a better state back then and comic books were booming the image in the image era. But at the same time, although it's not as big anymore, there is more opportunity, I feel, in the digital yeah. age. Where no, I, I definitely feel that way. Yeah, you can totally cultivate a fan base overnight if you want to. You know, well, maybe right. not overnight, maybe over the course of a year or so, but you build up that fan base, you make the art page, and 
and sooner or later people are going to follow you and it's great because you can update them every single day on what you're working on and, and get them know, it's engaged amazing. yeah yeah it's really amazing yeah so have you found that rob have you kind of um because you would have been around in the image era of course and did it take oh, yeah. you long to to get your art online and to start putting it out there was that something you just intuitively knew to do in order to create your fan base because you did get into the digital courses and obviously in order for that to be successful you've got to have somewhat of a following so maybe uh take us through how that all happened you know you've got a massive youtube channel like i said tons and tons of subscribers um Yes, and I still I still feel like I'm a little guy in there. I'm trying to get to that I'm trying to get to that hundred thousand subscriber mark because they give you a cool red button to put on the wall, the YouTube logo. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm such a vain person. I'm so after that plaque that I can put on my wall and go, look, I'm validated. I'm somebody. No, I just I just think it'll be cool. I didn't get I didn't get many trophies as a kid, so I'm trying to compensate, I guess. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so so basically, I started sharing the work. I started to make YouTube videos. I, again, I just was a kid in the candy store because I could make a video and it was online. And I just thought that is so cool. You know, I don't know that I thought anything past that is so cool. And but as it started to get out there and I got the feedback, I realized it was doing more than that. Just than just facil- facilitating my uh, my vanity, I guess. <laughs> but you know, so I was getting my work out there and saying, here's how I can draw. What do you think? And some people are like, hey, cool artwork. And other people are like, dude, you suck. And, you know, and you just take the good with the bad. But then I was like, oh, I'm getting 10 goods for every bad. That's not too shabby. I'll just keep going. And I kept doing more and more. And then I realized how two videos were really helpful for people. So somebody asked, like, how do you draw comic heroes? And I'm like, well, here's how I do it. And it was really just a, uh, you know, a collection of, all the styles that I looked at and, you know, videos I'd watched and, uh, of, you know, maybe Jim Lee or, or David Finch's gnome workshop or, you know, and I just say, well, here's how I do it. And it's like memories from me drawn from those guys basically. But, um, so I put it out there and then people give me feedback and I get a little bit better at recording. I up my recording, uh, stuff, get a better mic, things like that. So long story short, um, I started getting approached by other companies to, wow. they were like, hey, yeah, they were like, they were like, hey, would you like to, you know, first it was commissions. I did a few commissions, which was always cool. And then it was like, hey, would you like to do some uh, video courses? And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, I didn't believe it. I'm like, sure. You know, me, right. I'm so good at this stuff. You know, <laughs> they're, like, yeah. they're like, no, you know, we think that, you know, you'd be able to do this. And a couple of more flaky deals. I mean, that's what you got to be aware of when you're putting yourself out to the world, essentially, in this big, vast market uh, that's YouTube or wherever you're doing it, you're going to get some of the the uh, scams or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So a couple of them I had to, you know, check into and they weren't all that. And then one of them was Tuts Plus by uh, Envato. I don't know if you've heard of those guys. Hmm. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So they're. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No. No. I don't think I've heard of them actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's and they're cool, pretty. Though. Yeah. They're pretty big in the in the teaching game. Not as big as like Udemy and other places. Skillshare, like we landed into. But, um. But basically, they contacted me and they were like, "Look, we'll give you X amount of dollars. We'll pay you. We'll buy your course from you." And I'm like, "Well, that sounds cool. You know, what's it, it pay?" Cool. And they they gave me a number, and you know, it was a good number. I'm like, "Cool. I'll I can do that." And they were like, we'll, we'll buy one from you once a month. How's that sound? I'm like, yeah, it sounds good to me. And so then I start knocking out these courses once a month. And, you know, I, de- I developed the topics. I, I did the, uh, the structure. I had an editor I worked with. And we worked through a, uh, an app that was like um, an application of software online that allowed us to all work together with various peoples of the team or persons of the team and then make edits. And, uh, you know, we just slammed out these courses. I probably did that. I think I designed eight or ten. Cor- I think it was eight courses for them. Wow! Man. And uh, yeah, and it was it was like a good chunk of money, and I just didn't expect it. I was very thankful, very blessed, you know. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know. It, it, any more? You got any more of these? I can do more. You know, I'm like, go get her, you know. And they're like, uh, they're like, no, no, we think we get we're we're filling up that category. We're going to be cutting back a little bit. And I thought, oh boy, here's where the lights go out, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got worried because I was kind of like, I. Hey, you know, could use that extra income. I was starting to do storyboards. Um, and I think I was doing storyboards uh, on the side of this. 
But so then I was like, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta keep this going. I really like the online teaching and I love doing YouTube videos. I was doing like two a week or something. And, um, I, I looked into some other places. I thought, well, if these guys are paying me cash to do it, there's gotta be other companies where I can just, you know, kind of present my products to them. And, uh, I, I found, uh, Udemy and I started putting courses on there and yeah, they started taking off and I, you know, it took some work, obviously nothing's for free and nothing starts on its own, but, um, I kept pushing it and kept, uh, sharing the content and making new content and, uh, yeah, it took off. Yeah, man. You've helped so many people as well. Like uh, our gr Facebook group, how to draw comics is it's, it's over 20. How many is it on now, Rick? Almost 25. Almost 25,000 yeah. people. And yeah. Right. That's it's, awesome. It's hard to come across anyone on there who you haven't helped, who doesn't know about your tutorials, your channel, your courses. So oh, thanks. It's, and after 10 courses now, it's, it's unimaginable to think how many people have learned from you. You must yeah, be proud. You know, yeah, I am. I, it's got to be, uh, you know, it, it's an amazing feeling, I can tell you that. Um, some of the, the messages I'll get just brighten my day. You know, make me realize that what I'm doing is very, um, very good, not just in the way that supports me and my family, because um, I'll, I'll say that, you know, that's kind of where a lot of it stemmed from as well. I was like needing to make a living. But then, you know, afterwards, and, and the most fulfilling part is having a young artist. And I know you've gotten tons of these messages, Clayton, mm -hmm. um, you know, saying, hey, I could not figure this out. And then once you showed me, it made all the difference. And now I'm drawing better and I'm, I'm excited about what I'm doing. And I'm just like, you know, that's a win. You know, it just yeah. feels really good when, when I get that. And I, I, I made one of the comments on both of your videos, both <laughs> nice. of you guys' videos. Nice. Happy because to hear it, man. Yeah. Your ways, both of you, were, your ways of explaining the two of you is so, it's so different. You, you share, you, your ways of, uh, of, of teaching and explaining is very different, but similar in a way that it's so easy to digest and understand way more than what i've seen with us like as i said you were the two first that i kept on to but you were you were far from the first two that i that i looked at where i just went right. yeah, i don't really get this guy i don't really ah, this guy seems more than just ordinary obnoxious i don't really like him <laughs> right because you yeah, also well, need to have, you also need to have a good personality while you're teaching on YouTube. After all, you can't yeah. just be you can't just be teaching and then think that that's all that matters. You you have to be entertaining as well and have a personality, right? And that's what I got from you from you guys as well. Beyond the fact that your way of explaining is so easy to understand was so easy to understand that it sounded like a five-year-old could pick up a pen and do exactly what you said. Cool. Right, right, and that's probably because me and Clayton are both five-year-olds. You know, mentally, we're about five-year-olds. Yeah, I knew and, it. and you know, I was going to ask you, Clayton. I don't think I've ever asked you this before, yep. but were you primarily self self-taught? Um, by self-taught, uh, yeah. You know, like I never went to art school or anything. Um, right. I never studied art at uni, and uh, you know, I went to the art class at high school and stuff, but. Um, as you probably know, you're probably part of your art class at uh, high school as well. It's, it's basically just you sitting around a table with a bunch of other like-minded creative individuals drawing in your sketchbook or lesson. Um, right. But besides that, you know, by self-taught, I don't mean that I sat down and figured it all out on my own. I actually, you know, the, one of the reasons that I create online courses for aspiring comic book artists like you rob is because that's how i learned like i right. remember there was this specific point in my teens and it would have been around about the 17 18 mark when i was like all right i want to be a comic book artist which means i got to get good if i'm going to be successful i got to get real and make sure that I develop this skill set to a high degree. You know, amateur hour is over. It's time to get busy. Exactly. Yeah. And time to level up. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and and what helped me to level up more than anything else, and I remember this, it was uh, David Finch's online course series. 
on the Nomon workshop, his dynamic oh, yeah. drawing series Fantastic. where he went over the human body and the illustration. There was one that he did, which was just comic book illustration, where he did this immaculate piece of artwork. It was this woman and a horse in the background. Oh, yeah. and it was like super yeah. detailed and intricate. And right. that upped my game immediately. There was also one by Stephen Platt, which was really helpful. I loved the way he thought and his mindset. Also watched the Joe Weems one on inking, even though I did digitally ink. I loved his inking right. style. And I oh, loved yeah. the Joe the, Weems. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, totally. And and the Top Cow artists and the kind of books that they create was just always something that you can probably tell from my artwork I was always drawn to. So yeah, man, like what what about yourself? Are you kind of the same deal? Did you kind of come up in the game in the in a similar way? Well that's that's what I was gonna say about maybe our teaching styles uh, do resemble some of that where we went out and, and we were looking for the, the knowledge, I, you know, and, and we had to kind of put it all together. And I, and I think that's why we like helping people the way that we do, because we saw it when it was harder to kind of collect those, uh, you know, those gems of advice, you know, yeah. like, like for instance, um, one that, that was big for me was, you know, and probably all of us, how to draw the Marvel way with, uh, that was Bushima <laughs> and Stan Lee, right? Totally. Yeah. Yep. I remember and that then, one. And then also when Stanley did those those drawing videos with like, you know, Liefeld, McFarlane, Jim Lee, um, uh, Walsh Portacio, like I remember those were like just so amazing for me because in, in that one where McFarlane uh did that character creation, uh even though he was looking silly and he had his, his pants all hiked up and his spawn <laughs> shirt tucked in or something, but you know, yep. but, but, but the video where he, he draws that character and uh, they create that, that Lotus character, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had that on VHS and it was like, I remember what, I don't know how many times I watched that. I'm surprised I didn't break the tape, you know? <laughs> um, and those tapes did break back then, man. If you watched yeah, them yeah, so they much. definitely did. <laughs> yeah. Clayton, do you know what VHS is? Dude, of course, man. Like, okay. all right, yeah. yeah. Clayton's a little young, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I grew up in the '90s and and DVDs. I guess when did they come in? What early two thousands? I know yeah, videos. Videos Very were around in my 90s. time. My dad had everything on video. He had a whole box of them recently. You know, Braveheart and uh, Top Gun and you know all those other classics from back in the day the terminator oh, yeah. all on yeah. vhs uh, <laughs> i don't know if uh if anyone has still got a vhs player but he's, he's certainly got some I relics do. still right <laughs> do you richard's got one yeah really but yeah, I, yeah i i just i just kind of collected all that stuff and that was that was our youtube back then you know what i mean so mm. it was like that's that's where I got all those and then yeah later the gnome workshop with david finch that was fantastic i remember i remember seeing that I hate to say it, I saw it probably uh, scammed on YouTube because I saw it on YouTube. I don't know if it was supposed to be up there or what, yep. but I, I, I'm guilty. I watched it because I was like, this is awesome, you know, and mm. his rendering is just, you know, fantastic. And I, I do see some Finch in your work, so. Yeah, thanks, man. I, he was he was probably the first major influence, I think, and then it kind of transitioned into Mark Silvestri a little bit more and then uh, Michael yeah. Turner and... Even a little bit of Jim Lee. I, I really like the way that Jim Lee did these cool-looking faces, but it wasn't over-detailed, you know? It was still... Yeah. But it looked detailed at the same time, if you know what I mean. Right. Really? I'm sorry, but I must admit, Jim Lee is, is probably the, the last person that I would look at when it came to faces. I always... I, I Don't get me wrong, I love his style and art, but his faces in particular, I always found lacking. Yeah, right. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> can't please everybody, you know, but yeah, That's but true. you know, right. But you know, the thing is sometimes, you know, what you're appreciating too, like, like Clayton might like the fact that, uh, Jim Lee's take on it is, you know, like I'll notice certain things about certain artists, like there's a simplicity to their work that I appreciate, even mm. though I might look at somebody like Fence and, and go, wow, his shadows and his dynamic rendering is just fantastic. And so much more like uh, exciting to look at or something like that. But I'll still look at somebody else's work and I'll just admire, again, the simplicity in which they draw something because it's so like they trim the fat kind of stuff. You know, like I noticed that with a lot of styles these days. I, I started wa um, 
reading that Invincible comic, and who's that? Ryan Otley. Oh, yeah. Ryan Otley. I was about yeah, to Yeah, and I, him. at first, when I first glanced at it, I'll tell you, this is going to sound so bad because that dude's amazing, but I, I wasn't impressed. But the more I read the book, I started realizing, well, that guy just really trims the fat, and he does it in this very stylized, unique way that it just it, it grew on me. I started to like it more and more. Now I'm like, can't put the book down. I'm, you know, reading it to the end kind of thing, but. So I'm not going to, I, I should not spoil the end for you. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but I'm you're, you're the... oh, sorry. No, go ahead. But you're right in in what you're saying, because as I, re, as I, as I see it, when I, when I watch those highly detailed uh, artists like uh, Finch and Jim Lee and even Sylvester, their drawing sometimes in the action scenes sometimes comes off really stiff because maybe maybe it's because of all the details in it that makes it look a bit more stiff or like a fluidity in the motions in the, in the drawings compared to people like Ryan Otley. Right. And, and, and less detailed guys that can make that that then that then make the action scenes really fluid and really right. packed with motions, just way more than the highly detailed guys. So exactly, yeah. Because you look at the, you look at, you look at one thing with details, and you look at another thing with the list, but because they have more storytelling in the simplicity, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always tell people, look at Disney. You know, Di- Disney's you know, pretty much owns everything for a reason. But, you know, if you look at their basic uh, storytelling and their basic uh, gestural, um, you know, character concepts, it's all so fluid and so animated and so powerful. And if you look at, like, say, um, Patrick Brown, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that artist, right? Yep. Yeah, he's got this very, like, Disney caricature vibe to his work. He does these very ultimate shots and these you know very cinematic vibes to his, his pieces but you know it's in a lot of ways it's very loose and gestural and that's why he can create like this over animated energy to the the piece, i think but when we tend to render and do kind of our 90s love 90s style comic work um that over rendering can sometimes really stiffen up the work so um i always tell artists i'm like you know really focus on that gesture because in the beginning of your sketch there's a ton of energy there and if you can hold that energy to the end of the piece it's going to look a lot more impressive but a lot of us a lot of us uh, lose something in that translation yeah absolutely it's it's almost like the more you refine the artwork the more stiff it's going to get so exactly you, you kind of have to pump as much movement into that initial gesture drawing as possible because right. it's going to get stiffen up no matter what right because the lines are different they're flowy they're light they're the messy, so there's more movement in the lines themselves. Exactly. And the more you're refined, the the more it's going to stiffen up. It's really interesting that you say that, Rick. I'm just sitting there like cringing. Not enough movement in Jim Lee's artwork. What are you right? talking about? <laughs> no, I'm no, like... I meant, I meant, I meant compare compared to the Ryan Artlays and yeah. the lesser defi- defined artist. Yeah, totally. No, I, I get yeah, what you're saying. That's what I mean. I'm yeah. not I'm not saying there's no movement. I'm just saying it's more stiff looking compared. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's so, the, so that's the cool thing. Oh, I'm, I'm gritting my teeth, like biting right. my tongue there. Yeah, I can no, hear the break. And I'm just excited that that guy, you know, Jim Lee, is, is doing these live streams now. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's awesome, man. I mean, talk about giving back to the community. That dude's so big wig. He doesn't have to do that. I mean, you can tell he enjoys it, but it's like, that is such, I mean, like, that's something I would look at now, and I'm like, why couldn't I have had that, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago? I would have been, again, a kid in a candy store, you know, or I am, I am now, but it would have been nice to have it back then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally, man. It's it's crazy that, that we've got that and, and that it's we have access fun. to it. Right. But McFarlane right. does it on Facebook as well at times. Yeah, you're right. I gotta start catching him more. I wish he would do the the YouTube thing, but you know, it's you know, big shot yeah. like Cammy probably doesn't have the time, but but you're right, he does it on Facebook. And you know, I, I see this stuff and I keep thinking like, man, we're just gonna have this explosion of creative talent, you mm-hmm. know? Oh yeah. Um, it, yeah, absolutely. Gotta, it's gotta happen because the, the way that information is shared today, the way it's vi- the visual information is shared Back in the day, you had to 
you know, when Stan Lee did those videos, you had to have production houses and all this stuff. And, you know, now it's like, now we can do it out of our home studio. You know, yeah. how amazing is that, man? Like it's, it's almost, Pretty it's, neat. it's, it's easy to forget that sometimes. Right. Um, but you know, it's funny. Like I, I always wonder this because there's a strange phenomenon that occurs. It's like the more access that there is to information, the easier that things are. It seems that the less people put it into action. So I do wonder right. whether or not, you know, the, the people watching Jim Lee's live streams, because I remember when I was learning this stuff, I was literally like copying line for line, like repeatedly. Right. I'd draw like five images of the same thing. I remember learning from David Finch and I'd have this sketchbook and it would have like five pages of arms with, with the muscles articulated in right. a row. And uh, and then I'd do them in different poses and that kind of thing because I was very inspired by what Todd McFarlane said and how he got into you know the place that he's at now with his artwork. Where he was like, you know, I'd focus one week on the arms, focus the next week on the legs, and I'd join them together to the torso and then put them in poses. And, you know, that's how he kind of pieced it together. But I do wonder now how many people uh, do that and actually sit down and put into action what's being taught. So say, for example, the those who are watching your YouTube videos, Rob, if they're actually sitting down with a pencil and paper and drawing it out. So... Well, I do. Be. Yeah, I like. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, there's going to be yeah. a there's going to be a test on Friday. They better be doing that. Oh no! Look out, guys. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. My wanna... dog ate my homework. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get the tension with Rob, but yeah, um, I'll, be, it's... I'll be handing out apps. I don't. I don't play around. Yeah, totally. Well, that's that's kind of what you need when you're learning this stuff. You can't play around. You gotta. You can play around later on once you've learned it, but in the beginning, it's. You know, it's a it's lot hard of hard work. work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. Um, we spoke of, the, of this many times in podcasts before with mm. the with the whole term instant gratification and how many people want that and that destroys potential. Yeah, upcoming right. artists with that mindset. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'll bet. And I'll I'll bet seventy five percent that's watching. Let's say Jim Lee's uh, Twitch streams have that right. problem. Oh yeah, yeah, and and like you're saying, if they don't put it into action, so they can consume the content all day long. They can watch and they can go, well, you know, I, I got all these ideas now. I, I just saw it all and it went into my brain box through my ocular, whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, but what's your hand doing? You know, like yeah. you're saying, you were drawing along and you were drawing. Even when that video went off, you were drawing. 10 more arms in different yeah. positions and challenging your own imagination. And and that's what people don't realize. If you want it to be a job, you have to treat it like a job and then it will become your job. That's what that's what college is. We didn't go, you know, we didn't go to art school, but at the same time, what do, what do art schools do? They bring you in, they teach you to treat it like a profession long enough to where you're ready and then they release you out into the wild. They say go get a job. And that's so you can do that on your own, but do you have that self-discipline? That's mm -hmm. what a lot of people lack. Now, now, me and I could tell with you guys, that's why we're all here talking about it. We, we all have that self-discipline. We're all very motivated. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of times that's what we help to impart on people is our way of thinking to be that motivated because people sit there and they kind of sit back and go, well, I, I love to draw and I'd love to be an artist, but how do I get there? And it's like, guess what? You draw every day till your fingers hurt and your, your back hurts and you go to bed, but you're excited and you can't wait to get up and do it the next day. Yeah. That's, like, that'll make, I, you know. I love that, man. I, I was, I've, the last three weeks in this podcast, I've complained about my shoulder, right? And, <laughs> right. And it's more and more falling off and I can't afford, <laughs> a, afford the massage to clear, to, to, to start. To <laughs> oh, boy. But you know what? <laughs> I got I, I got money to make. I need I have a daughter I have a daughter to feed, so if my right. shoulder falls off, well then so be it. I'll have to I'll have to draw with my no nostril or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. but <laughs> until so, then so until then until then I'll bite the pain down because I got I got people to feed. I got a yeah. I got a, a house to pay for. Right. And hey, we're not we're not digging ditches, you know what I mean? I it's it's don't get me wrong it's it's labor nonetheless and when you draw whenever you heard stories 
of some of these comic art guys, and they talk about their 14-hour days and working the weekends to make deadlines and, you know, not taking weekends off, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the month to make deadlines. You know, you realize it's it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. it's a hard it's hard work like anything else. Um, but like anything else, you can condition yourself, your mind, your body, and you can you can get her done. Yeah, it's. I mean, I start I started out working almost eighteen hours a day when I really had the mindset to really get somewhere. As I, I think it was one of the first podcasts we talked about it, where I just because I was always raised in a military family with the discipline being first and foremost. Right. So when I really wanted to take the leap and make it something I could spend, uh, I could earn money enough for to live for, well, I forgot, I, I pretty much forgot about everything else around me. Yeah. And just focused art. Yeah. And then put some food in, in the microwave because that that look out after after itself after all. So while it was heating up, those five minutes I was drawing, and <laughs> right. I was I was drawing while I was eating. Really? Because I I had stuff to learn. Well, I have wow. two hands, Clayton. One tweet. Damn. One tweet. One tweet. <laughs> that is with that is dedication, man. Right. You feel I guilty now, don't you, Clayton? <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. I'm like, damn, Rick's <laughs> Rick's out there kicking my ass, like. Um, it's, well, that probably explains my shoulder issues now, but we, we don't need to get well into that. I'm kicking myself already. Yeah, yeah. you got to look after yourself, of course. You know, right? Uh, the good old H and S. It's a mindset to have. It's a mindset you need to have, and it frustrates me in the group as well. Twenty-five thousand people almost, and just frustrates me how many times people are asking for. The simplest, the simplest of helps. This is my grumpy side that comes out. It happens sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. They need, but they need help sometimes. Asking, they ask, they ask the same exact things over and over again. Not the same person, but like on a daily basis, three people can ask the exact same question, but in three different ways. Yeah. And it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got to remember really? though, education's a ladder, and yeah. and. You know, we're we're maybe we've spent more time refining our skill set, and we're a little higher up on the ladder. But somebody's still down there taking the first couple steps. Yeah, and the exactly. thing is, is that what happens with those group settings? You got to take your mindset out of it, like you're you're sitting around. You know, th- like you said, there's 25,000 people, so it's such a broad spectrum, and there's so many different personalities and so many different art styles and so many variables. You're going to get the odd questions, but you have to think of the entirety of the good that comes out of it, you know, so you don't oh, get yeah, all yeah. down on it. Cause oh, I know yeah. what you're saying. I, you, some of me just look at you like, what? But you know, you, you, you got to remember that out of that, sometimes these really great uh, back and forth come out, you know, and then all of a sudden, Oh yeah, so, yeah. I, I love reading down in the comments and all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, l- look at that bit of advice that came out. that had nothing to really do even with the initial question, but it turned into something more. And, and that's why this online learning can be so, powerful i think at times mm. it's just it's just amazing you know the, the hard part is i don't know not sitting there spending all all of the day just reading through comments and watching videos yeah. but actually but actually implementing you know yeah the group uh, the group feels like that doesn't it like it, it feels like a learning resource in and of itself just because you do oh, get yeah. so much great advice on there from the other members and um, right but don't get me wrong i'm only thinking it that it frustrates me i because, but then again, I also think like you that, hey, I was like that at at one point. Right. Yeah. Honestly, being in the being in the classroom, like you know, new semester right now, and a new bunch of students, and I gotta say, man, like it's when when you see where people start off at in a in a new class, and they're just getting into this stuff. You know, they're into it. Like they they're really interested, and they want to get good, and you know, they wouldn't be there otherwise. But the place that they're starting out at, you know, you'll get them to do a just a small, very simple drawing demo. It's it's easy to see why those questions that we consider maybe a waste of time or simplistic do come up, and right. and they they got to be answered. You know, it's not an advanced group for just advanced people. It's it's for beginners no. and everyone in between. And yeah. that's easy to forget. That that is easy to forget at times. Yeah, like. it is. Yeah, even yeah. even for me, of course. You know, I I forget that. I'm, I'm sure Rob does as well at times. But it's that's oh, the yeah. thing. We we as advanced as we get, we gotta 
keep ourselves in check because the last thing I would ever want to do is show, unless I was specifically doing an advanced lesson or creating an advanced course, would be to show a beginner how to do something that they're just not ready for yet. You know, it's kind of like right. you got to start out with step one sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I was I was thinking of something to say before. We we just covered so much in in one fell swoop there, but um. Right. Yeah. Well, Rob is effective. He can, he answers twenty questions in one go. <laughs> he does. He does. Sorry. No, so how about how about you how about you tell us a little about your your comic Blackstone then? Yeah, you absolutely. You said you were you were about to finish your volume two, was it? Yeah, yep. Uh, book two, volume two. It's um, it, you know, the bad thing is it's been really a long time in the making. Um, I developed that character way back in the the '90s era stuff. I thought it'd be a cool character, and then he just sat there. It was a short story in the back of some books I did for a a company called Time Comics, and I I got to do a, my own short stories. That was part of the. I think it was like part of the frill for me. Like I was like, oh, I could do my own story in the back because I always like telling stories as well as illustrating them. So uh, he ended up there as a little short short story in the back of that. Then years later, I I uh, completed a book uh, book one and put that out there. It was on Indie Planet or it's on Indie Planet and my Gumroad uh, for digital download. And then I took like it's been like four or five years and I'm almost done with book two and it's just silly. But I got so caught up in well, kind of what you were saying, Richard, about like, you know, providing and putting food on the table. I got a little boy and a, a girl, so I'm, you know, I got a little family unit over here I'm providing for. And so I got into the course creation and all that. And, uh, you know, luckily it's all been comic related and art related, so I'm still loving it. But I'm like, I got to get back on that comic. Um, but I, I think I'm starting to get to the point where I can really dedicate to the book. So what I'm hoping I could do now is finish up book two and roll right on to book three I feel like if I don't at least do four or five of these books, uh, I won't I won't feel good about what I'm doing. You know, I want this to be like, hey, here's enough of the story where you can tell me if you think it's a good idea. And if at that point everybody's like, I get a bunch of thumbs downs, and I, I gotta I gotta move on to a different character or something. But um, I've always thought it was a pretty pretty fun character, pretty cool to do. So I'm just that's that's my little side gig, my little side hustle, I guess. So so. Maybe tell a little about those who doesn't know about the comic. What's it about? Just a quick. Oh, oh yeah. So so Blackstone starts off as a villain. Um, he's just kind of pinballing around through space and, and causing havoc and beating people up for their lunch money, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's just a bad guy. He likes, you know, proving his dominance over other life forms. And once I do the backstory, you'll understand why he's that way, just per se, just straight up evil. But that's the way it comes across in the beginning. He ends up. Uh, you know, he's like hunting around for sport, like a predator type character, and he ends up uh, trying to hunt this creature off a planet, and something intervenes and attacks him. He starts fighting this thing back, and it bonds to him. It, it attacks him, and it latches onto him, and it's it's this, th this like tentacle thing on his back. So mm. it starts forcing him to be a hero, um, and you know he wants nothing to do with that. Obviously, you know he wants to just get yeah. this backpack creature off him. And he's uh, so he's running around trying to find uh, somebody to help me. He heads over to like a future ver futuristic version of Earth, which in this book I call E3. And Earth is like now colonized three different planets, like the Moon and Mars. And he goes there and he he looks up this geneticist to help him. And he basically threatens the guy. Says, "Get this thing off me! Or I'm gonna, you know, gonna <laughs> wipe you. Out. I'm gonna kill you." You know. Yeah. So he's like he's like threatening. He doesn't know how to just talk to people. You know. So it's like. Uh, but this guy looks at it and says, look, this thing is like part of you. You know, if I take it off, you both die. So that's kind of how the book starts. I don't want to give away too much, but that's yeah. the concept of the character. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting any more free stories out of me, Richard. That's, that's, <laughs> good, that's where good, it goes. Good. <laughs> but, that's super cool, man. You know, and I don't know. Maybe people think it's cheesy. Maybe it sounds like 10 other ideas. You know, I always always wonder what this stuff, but it, the, the main thing is, is that I just have fun with it. I put it out there and... Like I said, if I, by the time I get to four or five books, if it doesn't take off, I'll kind of tuck my tail and I'll go develop a new character or something. But it's just for the, the love and the passion of it, you know. Totally, well, it, man. It sounds awesome, and I must agree. Yeah, yeah. If when you first just uh, said the first thing, I was like, like, that sounds like a reversed version of, let's say, Venom, but right. But, 
just if you just think like that, yeah, it's cheesy. But if you think, but what what does that mean? That means all of these special interactions that we haven't seen elsewhere. You you need to think out of the box to do those interactions because things have turned around upside down, and that in itself makes the idea new, in my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. I must admit, I have I have read volume one, and I loved it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, me yeah, too. Appreciate I loved that. it a lot. I, I bought it uh, via howtodrawcomics.net, where I also am, is Blackstone Comics. Yep, yep. That's great. Did you, did you get the digital version? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, when I, I see... Mean, uh, uh, when I, when I, I, live, I live in Denmark, so I can't really... <laughs> shipping, uh, shipping costs and all that. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, when I see you, I'll sign your, I'll sign your tablet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll I'm bring my. Ki- I'm uh, kidding. I'll bring. I bring my ca- my tablet to America <laughs> at some point. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll have my... Yeah, but I, I can. That. I can really tell people, go buy it. It it's not even expensive, and you will be super super hooked almost at page three. Oh, because thanks. the art is good and the story is. It scripts it it. it it gripped me, and when I started reading, I thought, hey, I'll take five pages and then go to bed. I didn't right. go to bed. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I got to get book two out and then go to three, and we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about doing maybe a, I don't know, an Indiegogo or Kickstarter. We'll see how it goes, I was, but. I was about to recommend that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've had a couple of people say that, and I, you know, I just need to get all my uh, ducks in a row and kind of figure out the process of it. I hate like putting something together and then, you know, asking for funding, but um, that's why I've kind of done it with the whole course thing where I just keep pushing these and then I'm, I'm kind of looking at just backing myself to do it. But the good thing about some of those funding sites is, you know, if you do put it out there and it gets funded, you can just say, okay, I'm, I'm just doing it. You know, I've, I've allotted this time. Uh, I got funded, whatever. I'm going to take the next month or two and, and knock out these books. Cause I, I really feel exactly. like if I just, yeah, if I just sit down to do a book, I could, easily pencil and ink a book in a month um maybe not very very detailed but you know taking advantage of some shortcuts here and there but um but then if i if i do it the way i'm doing it takes forever because i'm trying to like juggle some work and then go back to the book and you gotta pencil it ink it write it you know could only imagine well, the thing was in color basically think about it like this if they if if you do that to that gofundme or kickstarter thing what they basically will do is pay for the work and courses that you could have been making at, in that month, right? Mm. Instead, and they know they'll get a, they'll get their money's worth for it. So you're basically not asking for anything. You are not going to work work to get to earn, so to speak. Right. Mm. No, you're right. Yeah, totally, man. I I have read the Blackstone comic as well, and I got to say, man, it's. What I love the most about it is it's the kind of artwork that you look at and you know that whoever created it was super passionate about what they were doing. So mm-hmm. I can see the love you put into that book and the the, the hours and, and the dedication as well. So yeah, good on you. you for getting that out, man. I know it's got to be hard. I haven't can't say that I've actually gone ahead and, and put a comic book out there, so to speak, just yet officially, but... It's uh, it's definitely something that requires a lot of love and you dedication. Just put, you, you just put other people's comics out there. Yeah, totally. For now, for now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and with all the art you've done, I mean, come on, you've, yeah. you've done a, a couple books. You know, if you took it all and you collected it, you'd have yeah, you'd have a a plenty of books. So you, you just need to sit down and and direct yourself into what idea you want to do. Yeah, that's it. Um, man. If if you've even got the time, you're so busy, I imagine. Well, yeah, and, and I really want to focus on, on how to draw comics.net right now because hopefully right. one day that'll kind of a- allow me to, to do these comic books that I want to do. And, and, you know, that's right. the grand plan is to create this educational resource for people, teach myself at the same time, get my techniques and tactics down, and then take all of that and create comic books for people as well. So we'll see how that all pans out. But, and podcasts. Right, right. 
yeah, and podcasts, podcasts as well. <laughs> um, one, you know, we got about five minutes or so left now, Rob. So the, the yeah. one other thing I wanted to, to ask you about is, you know, the other huge achievement that, that I admire you for is the how to draw book that you created, which was actually published and, you know, that you can get at Barnes and Noble and, and, and Amazon, the how to uh, learn, learn to draw action heroes. Yeah. How did, I mean, what was that experience like actually walking into the bookstore and seeing this, this creation that you'd, you'd managed to get published? Yeah, surreal. I mean, honestly, I've always been, uh, a fan of art supplies, you know, obviously. Yeah. And uh, to walk into Hobby Lobby and, and see my, I was buying like $50 worth of uh, Copic markers, which, you know, is like three of them or something, but, um, or maybe a couple more, but I, I was buying some art supplies and I look over and I saw the book and I'm like, how cool is that? And uh, it, it only took six months of my life to put that thing together. It's a hundred and got 148 i got one sitting there i think it's 148 pages wow i didn't know uh, i don't so even big. know how many pa- i don't even know how many pages in my own book um but yeah it's you know it's a step-by-step how-to um it's it's nothing groundbreaking but i'll tell you it just it feels so great to have it when i i got it in my hands when they shipped me my uh my copies or whatever yeah. um i think that was the most exciting part i mean definitely see it in the store was nice too but i'm sitting there holding it, i'm like wow, this feels good, you know, and, and that's why every time I do a book, uh, you know, I, I prefer when it's a comic, I always feel better, like, I, I try to brief through the story, like, you know, like, if I didn't, if I wasn't the one that made it, you know, try to imagine it from that perspective, but um, it's holding it in my hand, and like, flipping through it, and just going, you know, I sat down, and I got this done, because there's so many things where we can, we can kind of segue into other things, and we can make excuses, and we'll say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, but when you finally get it done and you get it back, it makes all those late nights and, you know, those uh, stomach aches from too much coffee or whatever, just <laughs> it makes it, it makes it all worth it. You know, you're like, wow, this is, and then, then all of a sudden I can't wait. I'm, I'm like hoping they call me for the next one. You know, like I'm just, I'm excited to do another one. So, but it took me about six months and it was, um, it was uh, definitely harder than I thought, but it was also more rewarding and worth it. So, yeah. Absolutely, man. Good on you. Like that. That's you should mm-hmm. you should be proud of of what you've done there because that's a huge feat. That's like, you know, I remember in my childhood growing up with um, uh, what was the guy that would release all the all the how to draw comic books? Um, Christopher Hart. Christopher Hart. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember yeah, growing yeah, up with his days. books, and now you've got yours out there. You're like you're like Christopher Hart. Right, you've got well, you know, how know. to draw yeah. book out there. I, I'm <laughs> not. not compare, yeah, I guess, that guy's got like 20 books or something, or maybe I was 30. About to, I, I was yeah. about to say he he needs to he needs 49 more books, and then we can talk. Right, right. Uh, but you know, you know what, you know where that came from, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, don't worry, you'll be getting your offer real soon, Clayton. But oh yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah definitely. I mean, you could with the like that's what I was saying. You could take all the stuff you got now and put it together, and you'd have one heck of a mass book you know probably 148 pages but but the thing was is that i just randomly got a message through youtube and they were like they were like hey you know it looks like you got a pretty good audience over here would you like to do a book i'm like really i'm like well yeah i'd like to do a book but but you know that's what's funny about today's era like you know something i want to impart on on young artists or you know looking to make a living at what we do in this kind of stuff it's like there's no waiting around anymore. There's no waiting for what I call the gatekeepers to let you through. Mm-hmm. That's that's no longer the way it is. In fact, you you can start, you can develop your own audience uh, like me and you know about, like we know about, we've done it. And then you you basically, people will approach you because they're like, you've got the audience. That's You've got to post through now. Yeah, you don't, you don't even got to ask anymore. They'll come to you and they'll ask you if you want to do projects because... You've already developed your own audience. That's the hard part. And you, you, the great thing about our work is you could show it, right? So you can put it down on paper and go, bam, there it is. You like it? Yes, no, whatever. And then you develop that audience. It's, it's a, it's a very easily marketable standpoint, basically. And yeah, so that's all you got to do is like in today's day and age, don't wait for somebody else to let you through the, uh, the gate. You just develop your own path and, and work, you know work it basically but there's no one gonna do it for you right right heck yeah man i I couldn't agree with you more there like 
there's in a way there's no more excuses like all you got to do is put in the work think strategically about how you're going to put it out there and and obviously have some kind of game plan but you know it's easy it's easier than ever to do that and the yeah, hard part is just getting to work and, and motivating yourself and you know that's that's one of the cool things about you rob that i envy you for is you just do it you're, you're not like me sitting around like mentally masturbating and like figure like overthinking things right you're right you're creating these courses and you're pumping them out there and I'm I'm no. sitting back here just you know being a perfectionist and being super precious and I realized uh, you know how debilitating that can be and and just oh to... you've gotten some hits for that as well over the like, well, yeah, podcasts yeah. you know that's one thing I respect about you Rob is is you're able to do that and and to get it out and oh yeah I'm I'm a doer not a thinker exactly <laughs> exactly and that's that's one thing uh, over the this this last uh, this last month I've been really uh, pushing myself to do is just get to work wake up every day as soon as the alarm clock goes off don't think just do make the coffee exactly. get to work don't jump onto social media and smash it out and it's really worked out for me funnily enough who knew <laughs> definitely yeah because what happens too is is some of us learn by you know by doing right so mm. what happens is I, I always learn more through the process of doing and I'm gonna I'm gonna make mistakes along the way, and I think there you know there's a lot of quotes that say stuff like this. But if nobody's complaining, or I'm sorry, if nobody's critiquing you, then you're not doing enough. You know, you're not putting enough out there. You're gonna get critiques, and that's part of the process, and that's okay. Um, don't listen to the hate and just keep moving forward. You know, that's that's what's gonna um, catapult you to success, basically. Yeah, absolutely, man. Couldn't agree more, and that's a great thing for me to keep in mind. If you if you're not getting enough critique, if you're not getting enough feedback, then you're not you're not doing enough. You're not putting enough right. out there. Right. Exactly. Absolutely, man. And yeah, well, you know what you said before about uh, you know not, not thinking about what you're going to do, but actually just doing it. Uh, you know, it reminds me of a quote that I saw the other day by Henry Ford, and it went along the lines of, uh, a man doesn't create a reputation based on what he's going to do. So, you know, you're taking right. action, man. You got your book out there, you, you had a draw book, you got your comic book, and you got your courses, and, and you're smashing it on YouTube. And, yeah, I mean, what what is next for you? What What's the next big thing going to be? Uh, hopefully the Blackstone comic and, and, you know, as, as that gets out there, I mean, if that thing can, you know, if I can figure out a way to put that out and make it where it's sustainable so I can keep drawing that, that would be the end game. Or, you know, I'd love to draw Spider-Man or Venom or something like that, but whatever. Um, but you know, that those would be the, the dream come true kind of aspects, but I'll tell you, I'm just entirely happy where it's at right now. Like being able to just create course content, make videos. And like I, I worked on my live stream a little while ago and I was coloring Venom and I'm sitting there thinking, man, I don't work for Marvel, but I am getting to sit around and draw this, this character. And, and I'm getting, in a sense, I'm getting paid to draw comics. Um, now if I can bridge that gap and do it in a way that's, uh, you know, <laughs> drawn Blackstone or drawn Spidey, that would be way better, you know, totally. but uh, it's still, I'm still pretty happy where I'm at, you know, Living the dream. I laughed. I laughed because I uh, I popped up at the live stream just uh, just quickly, and someone asks you, "Are you are you doing comics?" And you and you giggled to yourself, Rob, and said, "I'm doing that right now, aren't I?" Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Are you a do you like almost like do you do comics professionally?" And is what they were getting at. And I'm like, "Well, yeah. That's that's why I'm here doing this right now." But it. It's it's not that like I said I don't get that check from Marvel or DC or anything like that yet I would say yet, um, but I have to say I'm pretty happy where I'm at right now too. So well, you're kind of writing your own checks, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I pay way. myself. It's good, man. <laughs> it's probably the best outcome that you could dream of having. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it really is just putting the work out and then. Uh, you're going to get something from it. You just got to be passionate about what you do. You got to be motivated. So you're always putting something out. See, one of the things that I do is like, I probably put out something every day. I mean, it's very rare that I don't post something or put something out every day. Like not that it's a full finished piece of art every time, but I share clips of my work. I keep people, you know, and I know you do this too as well. It's like, Hey, do you want to peek behind the scenes? Check out what I'm doing. 
that's a big part because, you know, in this fast-paced world that we live in, people have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds, you know. So it's like you got to sit there and, and constantly feed the fire. Absolutely. And yet here we are. And yet here we are doing podcasts for one hour, speaking of attention attention space for in nanoseconds. <laughs> I know. I yeah, I should have chose my words a little more carefully. Hopefully, we've been entertaining enough. <laughs> no. Um, well, it, in right, saying that, it has been an hour, and um, yeah. So, any final words, uh, Rob, and then Rick, if you if you've got some announcements. Um... I got no. I got no announcements. So let's let's have Rob have some final words. All right. um, you know, I just I just want to thank you guys for letting me be part of this. I, I was honored to get the uh, the call uh, a message on this. I just yeah, just honored, man. I'm you know didn't expect it, and it's very uh, very nice of you guys to invite me to do this. Oh man, of course, absolute we pleasure. Equally, yeah, we are equally honored to have you, man. Yeah, big time. And where can people find you, Rob, if they want to get in touch or check out your work? Uh, you know, I guess the easiest thing would probably be the website. I mean, they can go to YouTube and type Ram Studio Comics, or they can go to ramstudiocomics.com. Uh, Whatever, you know, either one of those places is fine. I mean, I, I talk to, a, I try to get back to people a lot on YouTube, uh, but I have a, a email form on my website as well, so they're welcome to hit me up there. Whatever's fine. Yeah, awesome, fantastic, man. Well, be sure to check out Rob, guys. His work is amazing, and he's as I said, the library of tutorials he's got on his YouTube is extremely extensive. You, there's there's very little chance you're not going to find what you're looking to learn about on there. So definitely suggest you check it out, Rem Studio Comics, into the YouTubes, and uh, you'll you'll find what you're looking for there. But thanks so much for being here, Rob. Absolute pleasure to have you. We got to have you back, of course, uh, at some point at least. I know you're a busy man, but. You know, I, I feel like we could almost talk forever when it comes to this stuff. I can imagine if we were actually sitting in a physical room together, we could probably talk all day about this stuff. Yeah, we probably would have just drawn out a comic book page and we'd have one one 28th of our book or one 22nd of our book done, you know? Yeah, probably. Yeah. probably. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Right. All right, well, thanks, Clayton. Thanks, Richard. It's been a pleasure, you guys. No worries, Rob. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll catch you next time. And to those listening, thanks so much for, for joining us for another HTDC podcast episode.